Hi to everyone, my friends and fans. I am your host, Linda Gay Scott, and I welcome you as we are together to share many, many exciting, fun, mysterious adventures, trips, and who knows what or who may join us and show up along the way. We are definitely on a journey that will take us to foreign lands, which I love and so do you, and into celebs' lives, as well as mine, which have not been visited or delved into before. I've been an extremely private person, hiding even from family members. They, they don't know what's been going on in Linda Gay Scott's life. So, as the great actress Betty Davis once said, hold on, we're in for a bumpy ride. Wow. Whoa. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. This podcast brought to you by Malibu Sandals. Malibu Sandals was born in the heart of Malibu, California, known as the home of celebrities, millionaires, billionaires, and is famous for its beautiful beaches, surfing, and views of the blue, mighty Pacific Ocean. Malibu Sandals are known for its incomparable design, quality, and cruelty-free material, as well as environmentally friendly footwear. Many of you may know me as an actress in Michael Crichton's premiere film, Westworld, in which I played Arlette, robot prostitute who seduced and gave favors to Richard Benjamin. Now, Richard was a fantastic actor to work with, especially because he knew I was a bit uncomfortable having to disrobe and undress. Richard might have been uncomfortable during that scene, but I never noticed a hint. Nothing. He was perfect. Off screen, he was a happily married man to a beautiful and highly talented actress, Paula Prentice. She was known for her comedy roles in many films. I'd like to mention that when actors don't have any lines or dialogue, it's not... I, I say it's not as easy as you would think because without words, the character has little to work with. As an audience, think about it and imagine what or how you would convey your thoughts to another person if you were unable to speak. Well, if you don't agree, try it sometime. It isn't easy, I promise you. Also, it was inferred that handsome James Brolin was having his way with another saloon gal. FYI, as an aside, James Brolin is married to the iconic, out-of-this-world singer, actress, award-winning, Barbara Streisand. Mm. Meanwhile, Brolin's character was being pursued by the man in black, gunslinger Yul Brenner, who was brilliant, outstanding, and very scary. 
Mr. Brenner was best known for being the staunch king in the legendary film The King and I with award-winning actress, lovely Deborah Carr. Okay, now, regarding television, there was a well-known series called The Green Hornet. In which you may know me as Vama, the one and only woman in history to zap the great incomparable Bruce Lee as Cato. During and between takes, Bruce and I would talk at length about so many things you just can't imagine. But honestly, he did most of the talking. He said he didn't easily open up to others, but felt like he'd known me for a long time. Well, that was great because he felt safe and very comfortable. Then I think we'll talk about the Batman 66 series. I was the Riddler's female villain, Moth. I will be giving fans much to chew on when talking about the show's hero, Adam West, his sidekick, Burt Ward, and the forever memorable Frank Gorshin. Certainly more to share at another time, and we will. There are a slew of many other series, such as Bewitched, with the beautiful Elizabeth Montgomery and Dick York, Lost in Space, Bonanza, and my introductory and very first role in Ben Casey, as well as many other roles in which I guest starred. Although for now, let's get on with my show, Linda's Bumpy Road. Many of you have asked about how I became involved in the film industry. Well, to start, my grandmother, Martha Wentworth, was a well-known radio, television, and screen actress known as the Woman of 100 Voices, winning awards and much recognition. Therefore, you see, it was in my blood, but not yet recognizable to me at a young age. In addition, my neighbors were well-known actors, actresses, celebs like Frank Sinatra, Peggy Lee, Cary Grant, Rod Taylor, Marlon Brando, as well as countless others. Unknowingly, I was already in the film industry. Don't forget, this is my life, and it's a bumpy ride on a very bumpy road indeed. Quickly, as an aside, I want to give a brief rundown on my early childhood, my family. Then in time, I will reveal what made me, which in many ways I'm still learning and oftentimes still surprised myself. I was born in Santa Monica Hospital, California, a sickly baby, a child with severe asthma and nearly died. I lived in Brentwood with my mom and dad and was in kindergarten as my asthma got worse and 
The endless middle-of-the-night trips to the hospital scared my mom and dad that I would die. The doctor's orders were, if they wanted their daughter to live, she would have to live in a very dry climate. So, the decision was made to move to Encino in San Fernando Valley. During that time, Encino was sprinkled with many movie stars who loved the ranchy life away from Hollywood, like, for example, Roy Rogers, Dale Evans, Western stars who lived one street away and other neighbors were like Clark Gable plus plus. In those neighborhoods and surroundings, I wasn't ever intimidated or impressed with movie stars. Quite frankly, I think I was too young to really know (laughs) who the movie stars were. But the bottom line is, I had a great childhood upbringing. Paramount Ranch Studios, where many Western films were made, my mom was invited to see Robert Mitchum filming. My mom would take me everywhere with her, and so I remember Robert Mitchum flirting like crazy with my mom, even at such a young age. Well, after several years in Encino, my dad was working hard to become successful, and he decided to move just outside Beverly Hills. Again, the neighborhood was filled with movie stars such as Frank Sinatra, Peggy Lee, Rod Taylor, and many others. One evening, my mom and I were coming home when Frank Sinatra accidentally bumped into our car. He stopped, got out, handsome that he was, really, and he looked to see if there was any damage, gave my mom a big smile, and said very charmingly, Just bump us. Mom smiled, too, as Frank was one of her favorites. Now, I'd like to talk about trading cards and why I mentioned ouch in my episode title. This is my second bumpy ride on the bumpy road. After nearly dying from asthma, of course, the bumpy rides are almost nothing, even close to what's coming up. But I remember I had a collection of trading cards that were always stored in a cigar box. The cleaner and better the cigar box was, the prouder we kids were of our collections. I absolutely loved my trading cards, but I can still remember there was a girl on my block named Joni that had a bigger collection, actually a better collection. On one Saturday, we were trading for a long time when she was abruptly called home. So that night, when I was putting on my nightie, what did I see? I spied another cigar box in my bedroom just before I went to bed. Well. Now, you can imagine, I was absolutely very excited because I thought this was a surprise for me from my mom and dad. So the next morning was a Sunday, and I can still remember it vividly as I awakened, looking to see if I had dreamt about the cigar box of trading cards in my bedroom. But what I saw wasn't a cigar box at all. No, it was my dad's angry face staring down at me as he stood over me because my friend's father had called my father about his daughter's cigar box that was stolen by me 
and I was the one who was supposed to have stolen her cigar box. Well, that is why my father was so mad at me. Oh, I thought I was in trouble. I mean, really deep trouble, you see. My dad could blow up and, oh, I thought I was in trouble. I mean, really deep trouble. You see, my handsome dad could blow up and it would be a very, very bad, also very loud. It turned out my friend had left or forgotten her cigar box in my bedroom, but Joni lied to her parents because she was afraid to say she'd forgotten it, and so she told them that I had hidden her cigar box, and that was why her dad called my dad that morning and said I'd hidden them from their daughter. Well, my friend had lied big time, but I don't blame her because she was afraid that she had left her cigar box in my house. The bottom line is my dad's yelling and screaming from the top of his lungs on that morning woke up the whole entire neighborhood on a Sunday morning. As for me, I'm sure I had the reddest bottom that any kid could have because you know why? My dad had spanked it so hard. Ouch! This is my second bumpy ride on my bumpy road. (sighs) After a while, I walked very slowly to my friend's house and returned the trading cards she had left at my house. Well, that was the worst day of my five years of life experience living on planet Earth. However, little did I know there would be far greater catastrophic things in store for me. So, Linda's bumpy ride on her bumpy road. When I was six years old, there was a costume parade at school, and my mom dressed me up like a bride, long satin dress, veil, and everything. My grandma was there also. I won the award for prettiest girl with best costume. There was an actor by the name of Cesar Romero who chose me, and I still have that photo to this day. Seriously speaking, though, How could a six-year-old win over all the grammar school contestants? You know, it's impossible. (laughs) I think it's impossible. But I won. Due to my life-threatening asthma, my family moved over the hill to the valley where I went to Encino Grammar School. I became good friends with a girl also named Linda, whose dad was a famous cowboy movie star called Roy Rogers which I mentioned before, and they lived only one street away from my house. We played and spent much time together as I learned how to ride horseback, and we both loved animals, and we would swim, and it was just great. She had orange trees all over her property, and we did too, and we'd climb trees. We did all these fun things that little kids do. By the time I graduated from grammar school, my mom enrolled me in a private school, and I was asked to sing a solo song in one of the holiday events. I sang Beautiful Dreamer and thought I would absolutely die from embarrassment. Don't forget I was shy and thought I was dreadful and in front of all the parents. Oh, I I just thought I would die. I I thought I was... uh, Anyway. However, there was a friend's parent, her dad, 
that came up to my parents, my mom and dad, and suggested that there was something special about me and that he wanted to test me for a part in a film that Warner Brothers Studio was going to make. I most assuredly did not like the idea at all and was very shy and upset with my parents for pushing or suggesting such a thing. <sighs> my dad was angry at me for declining such an offer and he thought I was snooty. By the way, as my dad's temper grew, I grew into puberty. Wow, some info's coming. Now by that time, I'd outgrown my asthma and dad discovered a home for sale in Coldwater Canyon, very close to Beverly Hills, so we moved back over the hill. My dad bought Elliot Roosevelt's home on Hazen Drive, Beverly Hills, later called Whitegate. Now please keep in mind, the Scott family, my life along with puberty, was creating radical changes that were drastically showing up in ways I had never noticed before. I had natural blonde hair, which was not a big deal, but was noticing soft bumps on my chest, known as breasts, which I never thought about or noticed before, although I remember my mom did have big ones. All in all, I was becoming a young girl, noticing that boys were noticing me. Whatever was going on made me uncomfortable, not really understanding my body was changing. I was enrolled midterm into the eighth grade in a Beverly Hills school. Everybody stared at me when I entered the classroom. Of course, it was midterm, as I mentioned, and here I am walking in. Okay, so... Not because I was pretty or anything like that, but they just stared at me. <sighs> I didn't know what to say or what to do. I just didn't think it was anything except for I was unattractive. Aha! Another embarrassment, and I didn't know what to do or what could I do. Just to set the stage straight, everyone in my class had brown or black hair or even red hair, but certainly not blonde hair, and I definitely felt out of place, kind of like a person visiting from another planet. Well, on my second day at school, I was walking down the hall alone, feeling sad with tears welling up in my eyes, when suddenly I saw one of the boys from my class named Joey walking very fast down the hall towards me and as he pushed into me he tried to reach over and touch my breasts and for sure Joey's intention was to attack this blonde-haired alien with bumps on her chest absolutely the end of my life as I knew it and I was ready to shop for high windows and handguns which is an adult expression for someone who wants to die big time what I mean to say is embarrassment and humiliation was my middle name. This was my third bumpy ride on the ever so bumpy road. Soon after, I was entered into Emerson Junior High School in West L.A. and was in class with Frankie Jr., Frank Sinatra's son, Cheryl Crane, Lana Turner's daughter, 
Judy, Brian Donlevy's daughter, and many more. Growing up with celebrities and their kids was just an ordinary part of my life. No big deal. Now that you've heard a taste of my childhood woes, I'll be unveiling some humdingers that may knock you for a loop. The deal is, I can't put too much onto you at once, or you won't be able to take it. I guarantee. Therefore, no more childhood stories, about which you will all be pretty delighted. In my next episode, I will be talking about Jan and Dean, and how I ended up on their first album cover, Jan and Dean Take Linda Surfing. Thank you for listening, and with each podcast episode, you all will learn many things that you've always thought about, but never really could have known for sure. Thank you, and God bless. Lil